previously on TTAOTJBPC. We open at the Prosperity Festival, a celebration of the Empire's health. As you guys are all enjoying the sunny day, a massive echoing thunderclap is heard. The crowd's attention is drawn to the top of the platform, where a hooded figure is seen holding a goose under his arm. You are all bugs beneath the foot of capitalism. Karen claps. She, th- she thinks this is great. Insects. I know your natural enemy. And with that, he tosses the goose from the tower. As the goose impacts the ground, it splits into two identical geese. The guards are very confused, but as they touch them, the geese multiply again into four, into 16. There's magic afoot. There's geese afoot. Don't touch them aggressively. This seems like a job for the strike team, don't you think? Yeah, who's the strike team? Well, 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 that's our support. Mr. Cherish, you are doing a fantastic job. Is there any way that we can support you? If you were to want to help, see if you can't find that scoundrel who started this whole mess off in the first place. And just as you find yourself starting to get puffed and stop, you look to your left, and on the other side of some boxes, there is a person in a green cloak wearing a trumpet-ended mask, huffing and puffing and catching your breath. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Cardio. Uh, Yeah, I'll Uh, run towards them. You're now holding a gnome child. Let me go, let me go, let me go. This is, (sighs) this is a child. My boss will beat you up. You won't get in trouble. Just, we just need to look for, you know, your boss. Who's your boss? We're supposed to be distractions so that the boss can get away. I'm going to take them to Murphy. If I pay him, he will do anything. This is He'll true, and he does owe us all a favor. That thing around the goose's neck, it's called a clasp of cloning. If you guys bring me the original clasp of cloning, I can make a lot of money out of that, and I would be happy to share it with you if you know what I'm talking about. And he looks out at the gnome pits, have- and he's like, that's called business. And as you are standing there, kind of trying to figure out what to do next, two things happen simultaneously. Another thunderclap rings in, and the giant goose from the east gate flies over some trees and crash lands in front of you. This is a good, fun time. Kia ora everybody and welcome to the terrible adventures of the Jettison Breffitt's Parchment Company, a D&D podcast. My name is Penny D and I will be your dungeon master today. And if I was a fruit, I'd be a mandarin because I've just evolved to be able to get undressed really easily, like like snap, like that, easy, done. <laughs> uh, hi, I'm Liz. I play Karen, our favourite dwarf barbarian. And I think if I was a fruit, I would be a Granny Smith apple because I'm a little bit more sour than your average apple. A lot of people still like me. <laughs> uh, hi, I am Poppy. I play Ido, our uh, tiefling 
rogue. Uh, if I were a fruit, I think I'd be a cranberry, mainly because um, I am my own favourite person. Cranberries are my favourite fruit. And also, uh, cranberries are a little bit tart, but very sweet, much like <laughs> myself. Hi, I'm Stephanie, and I'm playing Frankie the Artificer. If I was a fruit, I would be a banana, because I'm very appealing. <laughs> Love that. Love it. <laughs> you stole my fruit. <laughs> I forget I did. <laughs> um, I am Nate, and I play Flimvar the Halfling Bard. And I was going to choose banana, but now I'm going to choose Fijola, because I am around for a certain amount of time and an overabundance and then I just kind of disappear off the map and you're like, hey, where's Nate? Where am I? And then everyone's like, mm, <laughs> yum, there you are. I didn't realise that Fijo is a completely a New Zealand thing. Like, they're not elsewhere, really. I think maybe Australia, but I, you yeah. You get yeah. overseas, they're just like, like Rhea. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Which is weird because we've got a ton out the back. <laughs> Do you now? Hmm. So we're going to be playing a little bit of D&D today. We are up to episode two of Arc 2, The Infinite Goose. As you exit Murphy's shop, unsure of what to do next, a great monstrous flapping echoes through the air. And a moment later, a giant monstrous goose, about 40 times bigger than a real goose, crashes into the circle ahead of you. It rises and looks at you like prey and its eyes narrow and it releases a monstrous, ugly honk. What do you do? <laughs> Truly terrifying. I want everybody to roll for initiative. Alright. I got 14. Karen got 17. Frankie got 18. And Ida got 6. What do you do? All Frankie, right. you're up first. Frankie would like to cast a cantrip. So he pulls out uh, one of the coins out of his pocket. And he would like to cast a firebolt. Okay. That's a roll to attack, isn't it? Uh, yes, it is. Cool. Go ahead. Roll to, roll to hit. Oh, that is a 10. <laughs> Uh, 10 hits. It's a pretty big goose. It's not wearing any armor. So yeah, you. where do you shoot it? I would just like to try and shoot it, I guess, in its like center where... Right like, in the chest? Yeah. All right, go ahead and roll so, your damage. D10. That is a 10. Nice, maximum damage. Frankie uncharacteristically steps forward first and holds a blue coin in his hand and having practiced this a couple of times now, releases the energy from the coin it turns to fire and shoots in a straight line towards the goose hitting it in the center of the breast the goose shrieks and flaps its wings in pain and gives another monstrous honk karen you're up all right i would like to call my great axe and i think i'm just going to go for a straight hit i'm not going to bother trying to rage at the moment okay so i'm just I'm just going to go for a straight attack roll. Go ahead. All right. Uh, that is a um, 14 to hit. Nice, that hits. Fantastic. And then I roll 1d12 plus 5. That is a 7. Straight behind the bolt of fire, Karen, sprinting on heels, runs low. A blue axe forms in her hands, and she runs underneath the goose and swings at its disgusting scaly yellow feet and manages to actually do a pretty decent cut there the goose it hisses at you as you get close 
but you're not scared at this time, and you give it a really good slash with your magical axe. Flynn, what are you up to? So I'm also going to summon my short sword, and I'm going to go straight for the other leg um, and roll an attack. You guys have absolutely really worked on your teamwork for, since the last time you had a fight. Um, I rolled a net run, so I'm going to roll again. Oh my god. I'm going to start keeping a tally of how many times you've got to re-roll net ones. Oh, you should, because I... This is why I'm a halfling, because I always roll badly until I don't. Yeah, this um, is impressive. It's, it's scary when you're like something else, because you're like, okay, well, now I'm 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 just a hunk of rust. What did you roll on your attack again? Uh, ten. Ten hits? So, parallel to Karen, you, are, you run forwards using the bolt of fire as cover. You run forwards, and at the same time as Karen's axe forms in her hands, a small sword appears in yours, and the two smallest members of the party run and slide under the goose and slash at its feet another hit how much damage did you get 10 damage whoa very nice the goose is pissed it's fear bleeding (laughs) it looks at you all as though you are tiny prey and it rises up and it gives a terrifying shrieking honk honk i want all of you to roll con saves please Alright. Oh, okay. Who got over 12? 12 or over? I did. Me. Frankie did. Yep, me. Everybody got over 12? Yes. Yes. Okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah. The sound of the honk is monstrous, but you managed to shake off the, the fright that you each once would have felt facing down a monster like this. And the goose then flaps its mighty wings... Ido and Frankie, can you guys roll me strength saves, please? <laughs> that is a seven. <laughs> yeah, I only got a six. <laughs> yeah, so you are both blown back ten feet into the wall of Murphy's Honest Goods. Both of you take five damage. Good lord, okay. Ow. That's fun. Okay, <laughs> Ido, what's up? What are you up to? Can I use, and pardon my pronunciation, thaumaturgy? Yes, you can use thaumaturgy. How do you thaumat- say it? Thaumaturgy. Thaumaturgy. Perfect. Now, I would just like to create a loud sound coming from its left. I okay. should be able to do that, right? Yeah, cool. Yeah. Okay, so I want you to roll a, a deception check for me, please. That is a 13. Yeah, so you do manage to create a sound coming from the goose's left. Is this a distraction? Sweet. It is a distraction, yes. Okay. Would you like to do anything else with your turn? get up and hide actually if there's is there any boxes around that i could hide behind to kind of recover for a bit okay you can go run to some nearby trees but at the moment at level one a hide is a full action for you which you've already cast a spell to do so you can run over to the bushes but you can't actively hide yet actively hide okay Yeah. yeah i'll just run behind the trees cool the goose is now distracted by... What was the noise that you created? What was it? What did it sound like? I'm going to say it was like a... <laughs> there we go. Okay, Frankie, you're up. Frankie is going to cast another firebolt. Okay. That is a 14. That hits. And 8 damage. Having suffered a little bit of damage, you step up again, hold up your Electrum mm-hmm. piece, and you, yep. again, shoot fire from your hand this one goes a little higher and sort of singes the goose's neck just above where the giant golden clasp is sitting on its neck 
Okay, would you like to do anything else with your turn? You want to move, take some cover, anything like that? I'd probably like to take some cover, just, you know, nearby, crouch behind something. Yeah. Okay, cool. Uh, so you run, like, around the side of Murphy's shop and kind of hide sort of behind the corner of the, the building. Next up is Karen. What are you up to, Karen? Yes, I would like to try and grapple the goose, if I may. I want to see if I can get it down onto the ground. It is a giant creature. And I'd creature. like to activate rage and just kind of try and get its legs out from underneath it. Okay, this is going to be a really, really high strength check, DC, in order to do this. Yep. Yeah, but go ahead. Yep. If you want to try and dwarf grapple a giant goose, Hell go yes, ahead. Hell yes, I do. Fantastic. This is a strength check, right? Yes, that's correct. So Karen holds up a blue coin and... As it disappears into her palm, you can see blue veins rushing up her arm and into her eyes, which flash blue for a moment. And she goes for a huge tackle on one of the goose legs, trying to bring it down to the ground. That is a 17 plus 5, 22. Unfortunately, you are one short. I was looking for a strength check of 23. So you run up and you you do your best. You actually manage to bring the goose down to one knee, but it's simply too large to tip over in the way that you were trying to do. Sure. Can Flynn. I um, oh, still yes. kind of hold it there? Uh, unfortunately, you failed on your grapple check, so you don't get to continue holding it. Okay, that's fine. Flynn, what do you got for me, bud? Well, I got it down to one knee. Because he's feeling a bit... He's really, he's really confident with uh, the damage he did before. He's going to take another um, slash at the giant goose. But he's going to try and do an uppercut stab up. Because obviously he's a, he's a bit of a shorty. Into but, its underbelly? Uh, see how he goes. <laughs> I just rolled a net 20. 26 to hit. If you roll the net 20, <laughs> it's an automatic success. And you roll double yeah. damage dice as well. <laughs> oh, sweet. Cool. So that's my d6. 15 damage. A previously unknown twinkle flashes across Flynn's eyes as he looks up at the vast feathery scape above him and he jumps and slashes his sword straight up and manages to get the goose. Like, because there's so much feathers, you, you had a really good chance of just sinking into feathers. But no, you go straight through the feathers and into the goose's leg joint and do a really decent slash in there. And the goose honks with fury. You did 15 damage? Yes. Man, you guys are strong. Okay, the goose's turn. Uh, furious at this, you turn and you see the goose's long neck curved around underneath of it and disgusting goose face upside down staring at you it honks and it lifts its foot and it brings it down on top of you i want you to roll a strength a strength saving throw a strength saving throw okay yeah. oh, another net one hold on <laughs> just all ones and 20s for you mate um, you are like a vigella you're very all or nothing 19 19. Uh, unfortunately, the goose rolled 16 plus 5 because it's a giant goose, and it brings its big webbed foot down on you, standing on you and crushing you a little bit. You are now grappled by the goose. You have disadvantage on saving throws against goose attacks, and the goose has advantage on attacks against you. The goose is now going to attack you by pecking at you with its beak. 
So it's going to roll an attack. It rolled a 17. Does that hit you? Yes, it does. And it pecks at you twice with its enormous beak, doing eight damage. It's pretty furious at this point. And also because its neck is going around and looking down underneath of itself, the clasp has slid all the way along its neck to the point where it's now resting on what would be a goose's chin if geese had chins. Is that within reach of me? You can't move, but it's not too far from where you're at. It's about 25 feet from where Flynn and Ido are, and it's probably about 10 feet from where Karen is. Next up, Ido, what do you got for me, bud? I am still pretty weak, so I'm going to do a distance attack uh, with my dagger. Okay. So the clasp of the, uh, the clasp, is that on the outside facing us? Yes. Yeah, because the goose is leaning down like this, the attachment mechanic for the clasp is on the back of its head pretty close to the ground right now. Perfect. Now, it's probably going to be quite a long shot, literally. Uh, but can I try to throw my dagger at the clasp? It is to... a watch-like mechanic. Like, you would need to, like, pull it out and around. So I don't think you could just knock oh, it off. Okay. But you can... I'll give you that for free. You and Frankie have a really clear look at the clasp mechanic. And Flynn, you would already know what it looks like, considering you've taken them off before. Okay. Um, in that case, I might just throw my dagger into its neck because like that's gonna hurt it right yeah of course okay roll me an attack roll all right oh golly that uh, 13 13 hits cool all right oh and four damage cool <laughs> so you from your spot in the bushes you take in the clasp and you throw the dagger it spins in the air and as you planned it it sinks pointy end into the goose's neck, just above where the clasp is. Doing four damage. Okay, uh, Frankie, you're up again. Frankie's going to have like this, I want to say like a bout of courage. How far away did you say he was from? The goose is currently 25 feet from you. Okay, so Frankie would like to use his full movement and just run at the goose and just like try and attach himself to the neck so he could try and take the cast off. Okay, it's pretty close to the ground where you could probably just sort of run up and grab onto the top of the clasp. Yeah, yeah. Nice. that's what he's planning on doing. Are you going to attempt to remove it or are you going to do an attack? Uh, he's going to attempt to remove it. Cool. Um, would you please roll me a dexterity check? Okay, dex, yikes. That is a 16 plus 2, uh, 18. As if in slow motion, you take in the scene around you. Your friend, the halfling, trapped beneath a goose. Your friend, the dwarf, bravely wrestling at it. Your friend, the tiefling, hiding behind some bushes. And you sprint forwards, and you do a running leap, and you attach yourself to the top of where the clasp is. And in a move of adrenaline-fueled bravery, you manage to pull the clasp out and around and suddenly you're not holding anything. You feel your feet touch the ground and both the clasp and the goose have vanished. Oh. Oh, wait. Yay! Yay! I'd like to imagine that scene was like, uh, is it Sherlock when he's like thinking and there's all these like 
Yeah. Like things like zooming on the tree and stuff. Yes, yes, that's exactly (laughs) what you would have done. You all stand around, breathing heavily. Except for you, Ido, you're probably all right. (laughs) Oh, you took took damage from the flaps. You've taken a lot of damage, and it occurs to you that without any of you experiencing any fear, you all ran up and braved this enormous monster, this enormous magical goose. None of you faltered, and you all, as a team, took it out. You have a rush of endorphins as your victory sinks in and you all level up and you are now level two. Oh. So congratulations to you. I'd like all of you to roll uh, one of your hit dice to buff your HP plus your constitution modifier. And you can re-roll ones. So we add that to what our last max to your, HP was. To your max HP, yeah. And also to your current HP. So while you're doing that, Karen... You have gained access to the ability Reckless Attack, which allows you to choose to have advantage on attacks. You also now have an ability Mm -hmm. called Danger Sense. Prevents you from. Uh, You gain an uncanny sense of where things nearby aren't as they should be, giving you an edge when you dodge away from danger. You have advantage on dexterity saving throws against effects you can see, such as traps and spells. To gain this benefit, you can't be blinded, deafed, or incapacitated. Idafa, you have gained the cunning action ability. You can now use Uh your bonus action to hide, dash, or disengage. So now you can use your bonus action on your turn to, to hide, to remove yourself from combat without provoking an attack of opportunity or to use your speed again so a dash is basically double speed for a turn frankie you have gained the ability to use infuse item you now know three infusions and you can infuse two items at the same time and flynn you have gained the jack of all trades ability you can add half your proficiency bonus rounded down to any ability check you make that doesn't already include your proficiency bonus so anything that you don't get proficiency on, you can add plus one to anyway. And you also gain the Song of Rest ability, which when you rest, you can use music uh, to help your party to heal. And you also have one extra spell and one extra level one spell slot that you can choose from. Okay, um, are we good? Yes. Is everybody clear yes. on what, they want, they, what they're doing for their level up? Everyone done all their HP and everything? Yep. Yes. You guys are catching your breath and sort of giggling to yourselves at having defeated this ridiculous monster that even the guards were having trouble with. And as you're standing there, the door to Murphy's Honest Goods opens and he runs out the door holding a blue glowing sword. And he's like, oh, you guys have got it, okay. And then he goes back inside. (laughs) So that's what he has. (laughs) And then the the two children, Tuffle and Truffle, come out and they're like, oh my god, we were watching from, we were watching from in the window. You guys are so cool. Oh my god, I'm so glad we didn't try fighting you. That was awesome. Do you guys want to join our gang? Do you want to be honorary truth trenders? Uh, I'm going to go ahead and say no. Uh, I really don't want to be part of... Some kind of kids gang. What's a truth trender, uh, darling? Oh, truth trender. Is that your little club? This is that's the name of our cool gang. We love finding out the truth about stuff, and we we hang out in our clubhouse. And then we then the boss came, and now we do now we do cool missions and stuff. It sounds like you do crime. No, we based do cool on missions. what we find you doing. Ooh, what kind I'm of in- truths have you found out? 
Tuffle and Truffle. Well, we know all sorts of stuff, you know, like we know about the, the turtle of the wasteland. That was pretty fun. And we know about uh-huh. a guy called Marvelous, who's like this awesome, like cool guy who can fly. That was that was awesome. And we found out that people throw a lot of stuff down their toilets. <laughs> <laughs> How did you find wow. that one out? Truffle kicks Tuffle, and and Tuffle's like, "I'm sorry, but we can't share that information with non-club members." I'd like to join your club. Oh, that's awesome. Well, stuff just kind of floats into our clubhouse, you know? So, you know, we've got cool statues and sticks. And one time, one time a coin, like a, like a fun coin came down and it was like, it said second year sober on it. And that was awesome. That's cool. I'm two years sober. Uh, oh my god (laughs) so your clubhouse is underground that's a pretty cool place for a clubhouse well unfortunately i can only talk to frankie about the location of our clubhouse because he's the only one who joined our gang oh well i never said i didn't want to join hey i said i wanted to join the gang okay well we can just i know that didn't want to we can talk to frankie and flint karen are you joining are you joining our awesome club do you want to be a sure, truth trender? I'd love to, darling. I would love to join the truth trenders. Awesome. Okay, so put your hands in, <laughs> and, and both of them put their hands in. Okay. Frankie puts his hands in. I don't know, just watching what's happening. <laughs> <laughs> Doesn't want to touch these grubby little children. Everyone puts their hands in, and they say, this kind of needs to be confirmed by the boss, but we're allowed to make you, like, temporary members, but the boss is the one who, like, confirms everyone. So, so repeat after us. I pledge allegiance to the truth. I pledge allegiance allegiance to the the truth. truth. And I promise not to reveal the password to the clubhouse. And I I promise not to reveal the password to the clubhouse. clubhouse. For you didn't say it. Immediately forgot what that was. And I promise (laughs) not reveal the password to the clubhouse. And I am now a truth trender. And I'm awesome. I am and now, now a, a truth trender, and I am and awesome. awesome. Cool, you guys are part of our um, gang. Just, just well, while all that's going on, and you're all stumbling and fumbling with your words, uh, <laughs> Ido is act like what is it like bent over laughing, like he can't control how <laughs> how funny this is. <laughs> it's this is. <laughs> Ridiculous! Yeah, Are you kidding? You're basically just like humoring some six-year-olds right now. Yeah. <laughs> so you guys are now truth trenders in a in a street gang with some little gnome children, except for Ido. What are you gonna do now? Karen is. <laughs> she also thinks this is extremely funny, but she is humoring these small children. She's being uh, very generous with her time, and she says, "Well, I suppose." If we are club members of your little club now, we should go to the clubhouse. Do you think that would be a good idea? Uh, unfortunately, the bylaws say that I can't let you in until you've been confirmed by the boss. Ah, well, that is a problem. I suppose we should go and see the boss then, shouldn't we? Do you know where he is? Um, we can take ourselves. Do you- Right. As if in answer to that question, a- another distorted thunder noise rolls in from the north. And both of the kids look at each other and they're like, uh, that's- we can trust you guys, right? 
Of course mm-hmm. you can. And they, We're gang members now. They look at Ido and they kind of like put their hands up so that Ido can't see. The Tuffle puts his hands up just to block Ido. Puts both of his hands up and he's like, that thunder is probably him. If you can follow that, I imagine you'll find him. Just tell him that Tuffle and Truffle sent you and, and he'll he'll let you into the gang. Well, thank you so much, Tuffle and Truffle. Will you stay here with Murphy? Oh yeah, Murphy's our friend now. He promised us pudding. Uh, They're kind of I'll be honest. These are two extremely good children. Uh, Karen looks in through the window of the shop and just gives Murphy a little thumbs up and says, all right, well, I suppose we'd better go and introduce ourselves to our new boss. How about that? Idafer, would you like to accompany us? And maybe we can see if we can get you instated as well. I don't know. I What did they even say to you just then? I had no idea. Um, he put his hands up and I couldn't see or hear. Oh, I know. I know. At this moment, from the west, an almost like pile of geese starts spilling into the clearing that you guys are in, almost like a like a big snowball collapsing. We should well, probably go. Uh, Let's go. Time to run. <laughs> and we run. <laughs> Tuffle and Truffle uh, run inside and close the door, and you can like you can hear Murphy saying something about pudding, but the incessant honking that is approaching you is a little bit loud, and you guys all bolt off towards I assume towards the direction of the sound that you heard. Yes. Okay. Yes. Yeah. So you guys head north. Can you all roll me perception checks, please? Karen got a ten. I don't got an eight. <laughs> Frankie also got an 8. I got a 14. So you all kind of follow Flynn, who seems to know where he's going. The rest of you are kind of like, I think it came from the north, but maybe not. And you're all just sort of running. At the at this point, you are fairly close to the center circle, but in the east district. And you kind of, you're running north, you're running north, and Flynn turns a corner, and you all see something strange. Normally, the alleyways in between the buildings are stacked up with stock, garbage, crates, you know, bits and pieces. Usually it's, it's like a little piece of space that most of the shops and buildings use as a little bit of, you know, extra storage outside. But you turn a corner into an alleyway and you see something that you've never seen before. The alleyway, not just the one you're standing in, but all of the alleyways leading in a straight line are all completely clear. Well, this is just creepy. Ooh, what? Hmm. What happened here? Do you think it's actually clear or is it a trick? Did the geese clear it out? I'm not sure what's... Well, I mean, if there's a shortcut, I'm not going to not take it. Yeah, this sounds uh, convenient if nothing else. What if the goose was... The geese were a distraction for, like, a mass robbery and just someone's just cleared out all of these buildings, including all their outside junk? Well, it definitely sounds like something that could happen. It's definitely possible. What can we I'm do? Just gonna walk forward really? And see. What can we do? And then suddenly, all of us teleported to three weeks in advance, and we're all sitting together instead of instead of going over house party. And that was nice. It was nice, but I think this is better. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. 
But that was fun though. <laughs> it made lockdown more interesting. <laughs> so just a just a quick note about the change in audio quality. Uh, what what happened is we had to cut our session short and then it was three weeks later and now we're sitting all in person recording on uh, using microphones and stuff so if there's a change in audio quality this is why I mean I'm gonna assume that it's better but you never know really <laughs> so just a little bit of a catch-up y'all fought a big goose and that was fun yes and Frankie was the hero in that one y'all leveled up and then you're running around the city and what did you find like what did you find just just right as the point we had to shut down um we found a alleyway completely clear of anything there was no rubbish there was no rats there was no horrible little streams of mysterious liquid leaking down the alley it was completely clear and clean and that was extremely strange yeah it was very strange i don't think i ever said anything about it being clean just that all of the crap had been moved out of the way i was assuming it was clean there's just so much liquid <laughs> whatever did this also took a toothbrush to the spaces in between the bricks okay uh so what do you do well i believe flinvar was leading us yeah so um i I'm very cautious because this is weird, right? I'm a city slicker. I know this is weird. Nothing's ever this tidy. So I'm going to cautiously, slowly walk um, up to the, the to, through the opening. And... Yeah, it's not an illusion. It actually is clear. You don't bump into any invisible objects. Uh -huh. um, and it does appear to be leading uh, north in the direction that you are following the thunderclap noises. Okay. I kind of turn back and I give you guys like the thumbs up like, oh, okay, well, yeah. <laughs> Okay, uh, Karen's going to walk out and pretend that she knows exactly what she's doing and confidently stride across the road because she is supposed to be here at this time. And she's going to say, come on everybody, let's, uh, let's go see what's happening because that's what we're supposed to do. Obviously, we are meant to be here. She says just a little bit louder just in case anybody's listening. <laughs> Uh, so are you walking cautiously? Are you running? Are you like, what's the, what's the speed and temperament of the party at this point? Uh, Ido is going to pick up a rock from the ground, assuming there's a rock on the ground. Yeah, there's pebbles and stuff. And I'm going to give it a nice chuck right down the alley and just make sure that it's all good. Yep, doesn't hit anything. It lands, you know, 20... I'm, I'm struggling to calculate meters to feet. I'm going to say it lands, it lands 20 feet ahead of you yeah. and just bounces along every, you know, every so often. At the alleyway is going to open up into streets which will then cross and continue on the alleyway but as far as you can tell there are no there's nothing in your way and that's really strange it is okay sweet well i was just going to go for a walk just gonna you know normal pace which may be quite fast for the small people yeah. <laughs> the legs going double time <laughs> karen is very used to walking at a brisk uh, power walk because she is a brisk power woman so she keeps up with flimba no, she keeps up with Idafa. Cue just like a Kath and Kim, them power walking. <laughs> yeah. With the little weights, absolutely. <laughs> All right, do we come across anything? Uh, no, for a couple of blocks you travel, you like cross, but it's, it, the city's pretty clear at this point. Um, once in a while you like hear honking in the distance and, <laughs> but like what happened is the city really cleared out of the park and like everyone's like really moved far away. As you're traveling, uh, to to the west, you, like you can hear, you know, sounds of a battle, and um, you can hear honking and stuff. But like, it's pretty clear. E everyone's like taken shelter or like moved as far away as they can. And you guys are like not that far from the uh, from the center circle. You're just like a couple of blocks 
to the to the east of the center circle so you're traveling um, up and you go about six blocks north and then uh, you hear the noises of hoofbeats on cobblestone. Uh, I would like to uh, roll an athletics check to jump out of the way. Uh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, so everybody, I was yep, actually going to say, everybody roll me your choice, either an athletics check or an acrobatics check. Awesome. That's a 12 for Ida. Acrobatics, 17. Uh, that is a 16 on athletics for Karen. So I've got a 22. Uh, Frankie got a 21 on acrobatics. So everybody, like you hear the noise and instinctively you dive to the side. And it's really lucky that you did because almost immediately around the corner comes barreling a enormous Clydesdale horse with a bleached face. Oh, cool. um, and it is pulling a cart and the cart has a few people on it and there is like a tarp over whatever it's carrying. Mm -hmm. And there's about four people on the corners and it just barrels past you. Unfortunately, Ido, because you were at the front and you were a little bit slow to react, um, you do get like rammed into oh, no. by the horse. Yay. <laughs> um, and you're gonna take you're gonna take four damage. Okay. Take four bludgeoning damage. And this it's actually really strange because like you don't normally see horses that look like this, but it is a large, bulky horse, and its face looks like it was at some point injured. Like its face is bleached. Um, not just a white not just white, but like strange like someone threw acid on it oh no oh. <laughs> they had a bleached face <laughs> sorry and everybody except ido as like as you push yourself against the wall uh -huh. and in the moment that you have to take in stuff you see a face and you recognize it but you can't quite pinpoint where you've seen it before. Oh. But then the cart is gone and you, you can like, it, it's obviously gonna travel the way that you came, but you can see it just storming along. Like none of the figures on it look back. They just push past you and they're going south. They're going back down towards the way that you came. And it's pretty clear this is, this is why the alleyway was cleared out, right? <laughs> um, as we continue walking north, can I, uh, just keep an eye out for any kind of disturbances or like open doors or anything that kind of would have signified where the horse came from. Sure. Um, would any of you like to uh, re react or respond to that event that happened or should we just carry on through? You? Oh, like, yeah. what, what, what do you do? Because Ida just got bowled over by a horse yeah. and this thing just like surprised you. So yes, you can, but let's let's deal with the aftermath of that moment. Yeah. I think Slimba's a bit shocked, but glad it's not a giant horse or a giant goose, another giant goose, because that was... Um, yeah, for just four damage, Ida was like, eh, that was really uncomfortable, but you know. Frankie would like to help him up if he like knocked down a little bit, like, ah. Oh. Oh, thanks, Frankie. Yeah, watch you off a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> watch out for those horses, mate. Yeah, they're coming out of nowhere. Watch out for all of those horses. All of the horses. Okay, and I just dust myself off and I'm all worried. And Karen would like to shake her fist at the disappearing cart and say, Watch where you're going next time. Uh, all of you roll me a perception check. <laughs> Don't go at 16. Karen got a 7. Frankie got a 10. And Ida got an 11. You find one 
you're not sure where it came from, but you find a piece of electrum on the Ooh. ground. Oh. You, you, you might have dropped it. You don't know. If it was in that cart, that's a very expensive cart. Well, Idafa, did you have any in your pockets? Did they fall out? Or is there... Are you okay? Oh, I'm fine, yeah. Like, I'm pretty sure I left all my electrum in the bag of holding. Yeah, we should fun. split that because... Well, one, because... What if I die? <laughs> oh, You're right, who's going to take your electrum out of the bag? <laughs> who's going to heal me? <laughs> You're not going to die. Everything's all right. Well, it was just one horse. If I do die, what, what benefits do my family get from a... Are we talking about insurance coverage? <laughs> Absolutely. Technically, we're not on the job at the moment, uh, which I'm working on, don't worry. But uh, uh, your family will receive certain benefits uh, when, you, if, when and if you die on the job. <laughs> like how you started with when, when you die. <laughs> Statistically, it's, it's, it's going to happen. Oh, God. I mean... Frankie's Frankie, got a point. <laughs> Frankie does work in the uh, pulping press and he does know the dangers of working in, in such a, you know, frantic environment. Uh, and that's why I'm in sales. <laughs> exactly. So if, you know, we do have different policies for different people. So if, say, you are uh, uh, killed by a band of roving marauders while you're off on sales, obviously you are protected against that, whereas uh, Frankie is not protected against roving marauders because he doesn't work in sales. Mm, true. That's true. Fair enough. You have a 37.8% <laughs> chance of being killed by that way. I'm quite like those odds, actually. <laughs> um, so would anyone like anything out of my pooch? Can I reach in and, uh, well, you would like to reach in and share something around with that? Well, not while it's on your waist, darling, but if you would hand it towards me, Frankie I will go in and get a couple of the brings it out without even, pieces. like, thinking. He just has no idea, like, Frankie's like, what's this? Okay. <laughs> Straight into the fanny pack. Yeah, I missed the pan. Yeah, that's all the pans. <laughs> I try and to reach Karen's one, but just come up with mine. So I'm like, oh, are you, you have to get it. Oh, um, this is a health and safety violation, unfortunately, and a human resources, uh, you know, mortal resources violation. So just hand it towards me and I will reach in once it's at a safe distance away. I, I am your manager after all. I cannot be accused of having any kind of uh, inappropriate interactions with my subordinates. Just, you know, chopping people's arms off. <laughs> So I well, that wasn't my subordinate, was it? <laughs> I unclip the, um, the, the waste um, pouch and I kind of aim it at you. And Karen will take out five electron pieces. Oh, thank you, Flynn. I'm going to take out, uh, let's have a look here. And Ida pulls out four pieces of electrum. Frankie pulls out five. And I'm still, I was holding all my, <laughs> I've got it hidden all the way around me. They're hidden on you, right? Yeah, so like if, and they're, um, so I've got a couple in like, my sleeves so I can duck them back into the thing if we stop by like those magic okay. holy people. That's cool. Alright, uh, so you're going to continue north? Yeah. Kia ora, Penny here. Well, we're into arc two and things are only going to get crazier. I hope you enjoy the infinite goose. It was extremely fun to record. You may notice a change in sound during episode 7 as that's when the New Zealand lockdown ended and we started recording in person instead of over the internet. Hopefully it's an improvement because it's definitely more fun being able to play around a table together. 
Usual credit goes out to Regan McKinnon for his creation of the show's theme song. You can find Regan at facebook.com slash porch recording. We're going to do something a little different for the Break This Arc. It's a giveaway. We're teaming up with our friends at Mindflayer Miniatures to give a lucky fan their own custom-painted D&D Adventurer Mini. Come to your weekly game in style with a hand-painted figurine of your character. And for those of you who don't use minis as part of your game, we've got you covered too. You can choose instead to have a digital art piece commissioned from Live Artisan Design. Get your character drawn up the way you want and show your friends what a badass they're questing with. To qualify for one of these delightful D&D prizes, all you have to do is tag our page on Twitter or Facebook and let us know who your favorite character from the show is and why. Everyone who does this over the course of Arc 2 will go in the draw and we'll announce the winner during the next Smoko episode. Unfortunately, due to delivery restrictions, the mini will only be available in New Zealand, but the art can be delivered digitally anywhere in the world. As usual, you can like our show at facebook.com slash Podcast or on Twitter at jbpcpodcast. And you can listen to the show on Spotify, Podbean, and hopefully wherever you get your podcasts. On with the show! Your conversation is interrupted by another thunderclap. You kind of carry on north. I want you all to roll um, investigation checks, please. Uh, that's a 19 for Karen. Not natural 20 for Frankie. Nine for Flinza. And a 10 for Ida. So you all carry on north. You follow the sound. Frankie and Karen just kind of like lock on to the direction where you're <laughs> supposed to be. Um, and when the alleyway ceases to be clear, mm -hmm. um, you pull... Uh, you pull left and you carry on and you realize that you're in the north district now. Like you, you're in the fancy pants area of the city where everybody has like nice houses and there's like, you know, like nice like street ornate street torches and stuff. And some of you may have visited here. Does anyone live in the north district? Like any of you? I live on the outskirts of it, but my, my, some of my family does. Okay. Yeah. So you've, you've traveled here before and you know, this is like where the royals and the elite and the rich and the wealthy and the people who like work with the emperor um, and work for the emperor's court all live. And you turn a corner and you see a hooded masked figure running down the middle of the street away from you. Oh, normally they're more dandy than that. We should follow them. Oh, oh, my speed is not good because I'm a dwarf, but I'm going to try. I'm going to run after him. I'm going to try and get him. Cool. Uh, roll me an athletics check. Sure thing. Oh, that's a not natural 20. Very Ooh, nice. Let's... So you take off up the street. Do you, do you yell anything or do you... Um... Karen is a little bit excited by the thought of uh, being, you know, once again a hero. And she says, stop, villain, as she uh, runs towards the masked figure. Okay. Uh... <laughs> Subtle, you know. <laughs> okay, so the masked figure turns uh, and you do manage to, like, grab onto the cloak. Uh -huh. And the masked figure turns uh, and, and sees the four of you and, and turns and, and says... Oh, I see. Puppets of the Emperor. People brainwashed by society. Actually, I'm a salesperson. Well, we're all part of society, dear. You can't be brainwashed by something you are. Um, just uh, come along quietly now and we'll get all this whole mess sorted out. Silence, slaves of consumerism. That's fair. And there's a loud crashing noise behind you and even the robed figure 
uh, is distracted for a moment um, as you kind of like over the tops of the buildings, um, you see a burst of flame like shoot into the air and just from the direction that it is, you're pretty sure that's coming from the center circle. That's like where all of the, all of the, the nonsense is happening. Can everybody please roll me perception checks? Yes. Oh, that's a net one. I'm rolling again. Uh, Karen got a not natural 20 again. Cool. Man, you guys are rolling really well today. I know. I'm usually a cursed being with dice. One for Fundla. Cool, nice. 15 for Frankie. And 10 for Ida. So as, as this guy is like doing all these like, you know, anarchist, he's saying all these anarchist <laughs> things about like society and consumerism. Um, you notice that he makes some strange gestures with his hand. Um, he like points down and does like a flat. He's like, you know, doing baseball hand signals that like the backstop uh, yeah. does. Um, and you, anyone who got over 16, mm -hmm. hands up. Okay, uh, so Karen and Flynn, you guys actually, um, when you turn around to see the burst of flame, you actually notice that there is another figure with a cloak and a mask, identical, who's like peeking around from behind, from like a nearby alley, like, you know, between houses um, that's dressed exactly the same. Um, and you kind of put together that this guy is gesturing to this other person. He's like making little signals to this other oh. person. Um, and you turn back to him and he's holding a... A silver sphere and he and he says I will not be shackled by the consumerism of society's slavery and then he throws it on the ground and <laughs> you are all engulfed in like a thick powdery smoke <coughs> <coughs> what was that for that's bad for the lungs uh, as your vision begins to clear, you, you lost your hand, like you lost your grip on the cloak. Um, and as your, you didn't lose your hand, you lost your grip. Um, you lost your like handing on the grab that you had on him. Um, and as your vision begins to clear, you can see the person in the green cloak like running away, like running to the north. So if you want to roll me perception or investigation checks. Yeah, I'd like to, because I know that there's something, oh, nat 20. Hello. So 13 for Karen. As the little figure's running away, uh, Karen would like to yell after him. We'll catch up with you eventually, dear. <laughs> I hope you're having fun. You're being very annoying. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what, what did you get, Flynn? Uh, 23. Yeah, so you're pretty sure that the one that you can see running away is the doppelganger and not the original one. Yeah. Um, and you can also see like this, the silt that is beginning to settle. Yeah. There are some footprints like leading like very light, like hard to, hard, easy to miss footprints, like leading off towards the side to like a door. Mm. Um, what did you guys get? I got a 14. And uh, Ido got an 18. Yeah, um, the door that you, so you guys see that the door is actually a little bit open, like it's a little bit ajar. Um, someone's gonna like slap his leg and go, ah, oh, it's a bloody doppelganger again. Let's go this way, I can see footprints. Oh, okay, absolutely. Too many yeah, people in Flynn masks. sounds pretty onto it. <laughs> Sometimes. <laughs> Let's go. Let's go, squad. <laughs> and uh, Karen's going to hold the door open for everybody else. Ooh. Aww. <laughs> um, so in you, so you guys are heading into the house, and you're going to ignore the other figure that is running away. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. yeah just follow. Because it could just be kids in a mask again, you know? Like yeah, classic kids in a mask. Um, <laughs> so you head into this into this house, uh, and you can see 
you know, it, it, it took a second, like, like while the smoke was up, it took a moment for, like, as you all sort of, like, coughed through the cells <laughs> and um, your vision cleared, there was probably about a minute or so mm. um, where you couldn't see where this person has, like, gotten ahead of you. Um, but inside this house, there is, the first floor contains a kitchen and a dining area slash sitting room. Um, there are stairs going up and stairs going down. Uh, so there are, the, the silk footprints are going up the stairs. Mm. Um, anyone get over 18? Uh, they're also going down. So oh. there are silk footprints going up and there are silk footprints going down. Oh, how damn. <laughs> Karen, is... McGee. Yeah. Karen is too distracted by the fact that she is in somebody's house and she hasn't been invited in. Actually, um, I do believe that this is somebody's private property. Maybe we shouldn't be here. Frankie's uh, just already in mm. following, following the footsteps because I thought that's what everyone was doing. You're heading, you're heading up the stairs? Yes. Okay. <laughs> uh, I know, I was just going to grab Karen, pull her in and close the door. <laughs> um, there's, there's two sets of prints. There's like some going up the stairs and there's some going this way. And I, there was only one man, right? There wasn't another dog. Well, like, I didn't even see a man, so. <laughs> <laughs> well, I saw, I saw one and then I saw the other one, who I think was the one that was running away, correct? And then one of them came in here and uh, did he use the... Did he use that little splitty device on himself? Or... Oh. I, I just... I'm just very uncomfortable being in this person's house. I just don't think we should be here. Okay, well, I'm going to go upstairs and see what I can find. <laughs> <laughs> For the good of the city, Karen. Okay, I, I guess I'll stand... I'll stand by the door and make sure nobody else comes in. Fantastic. <laughs> okay, so Ida and Frankie, as you get to the top of the stairs, there are two doors and another set of stairs going up. Uh, where, where would you like to go? Which door do you want, Frankie? Uh, Frankie is trying to be all like quiet and he's up against the wall and he's like, uh, 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 trying to do also <laughs> things. <laughs> I don't know what he's trying to do. Uh, but Frankie is going to take the door on the left. Okay. I'll just take the other one then, yep. Okay, cool. So Frankie, uh, you... I assume that you've got, you're got uh, operating very quietly. Yeah, there's one of those cool, like, okay. rolls. <laughs> oh my god. So, so, so you do a roll. Um, there, because of all the stuff that you carry with you, there is a lot of clatter that follows <laughs> that roll. Like, hard, little bits of, and you, like, drop a few, like, screws and nuts and bolts and stuff. But you, like, lightly open this door and you find yourself in a, like, fairly affluent office. Like a nice... There's like a nice desk and like a bookshelf in there and a few glass cases. For flavor, what Frankie does when he opens his door and he rolls in and he like finger guns like, <laughs> you know, to be <laughs> just in case it's there. There don't appear to be any people in the office. Thank God. Thank God for glasses. What just happened? What just happened? Uh, so, <laughs> so stiff. Did like a little little finger guns action and like threw a pen and it hit it hit Poppy in the face and bounced off of her glasses. That could have definitely been a health and safety violation. <laughs> You're just lucky Karen didn't see that. Yeah. Oh, the amount of forms we would have had to fill I, out. I wasn't prepared for the physical danger that comes from all of us sitting around a table together. <laughs> this would never have happened over the internet. <laughs> Are you okay? Yeah, I'm fine. <laughs> Are you just okay, Steph? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, just continuing with Frankie for a moment. Uh, in the in the office, 
It looks like, you know, a really nice office. There's like a big desk. There's like a bunch of books behind the desk and like a nice leather chair. And there are one, two, three, four, five, six, uh, six glass cases kind of like on display at the opposite end of the room. Um, what would you like to check out? Um, I would like to first check out like the desk and the papers. I put on my cool like goggles uh, to check for clues of, I don't know, something. Okay. So the goggles uh, let you, I think from memory, they give you advantage on investigation checks if you're like within one foot of something. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So cool. Roll me an investigation check. Uh, that is an eight. Oh. Uh, 21. Yeah, so that's fine. Um, so just going through the papers on the desk, um, they appear to, the, the desk in the room uh, appear to be the, a, a man named Hyamith Ryudin, is, a, is the person whose office it is. Um, going through the papers, there are like receipts and orders and like a schedule, and you kind of pick up that this is the desk of the person who was responsible for organizing the Prosperity Festival that you were at earlier today. Can I tell where the paper came from? Like, if it's from our company? Um, you, <laughs> I mean, you tell me. Is there, like, is there any distinguishing markings on Janice Brifford's paper that would distinguish it from other paper? Is there like a sheen or anything? Yeah, it's just that that slight quality. So you know when you have like homemade paper and it's a little bit like bumpy. Ours is just less. It's quite smooth. It's very professional. Like, it would probably cost a little bit more than an average paper. It kind of looks like he skimped. Like this is this is cheap. Mm -hmm. This is cheap lumpy parchment. Ugh. <laughs> uh, but you can tell, uh, you can tell that the, yeah, this is the person who put together the festival. Um, and you can also see um, there is a picture frame with a man, a woman, and a child around ten years old sitting on the desk. Um, and you recognize the man as uh, one of the people. As you guys were leaving the festival there was like a person with like a clipboard who was like shrieking at the guards there was, um, there was. and that was that person the same same person although they do look a lot older now than they do in that photograph okay. uh ido so you're taking the other door yes uh it's a bedroom yeah um, it appears to be a teenage boy's bedroom um judging by their like you know rock band posters that are up um, you know, there's laundry everywhere, the bed's not made, the curtains aren't open, and it, it smells. smells. Yeah. yeah, it smells. Um, although it doesn't actually smell any better or any worse than your room. Yeah. <laughs> Forget that I too am a teenage boy. <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, so do you want to have a look around? Yeah, I'll have a look around. Um, I guess I'll roll perception and just, or mm, investigation. Yeah, roll me investigation. You find one very crusty sock. <coughs> oh, oh no. No. <laughs> um investigation that is 18 yeah yeah sweet so you can just looking around like you can see just from some of the like books and stuff um you know like there's like a there's like a little you know satchel that has the name lyron on it okay um and you also in one of the drawers find a piece of paper with a bunch of strange Ooh. writing on it Thank you. Um, and would you like to describe it to the party what you found? Okay, so I found this lovely little note and, uh, well, let's just say that Lyron don't know how to write properly. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it seems to be a bunch of numbers, but a lot of them are backwards or upside down. Let's see if we can decode this. So it looks like a two, an upside down two, a four, uh, upside down three, a one, upside down one, upside down three, and a four, but there's a question mark next to the four. So you can pass that around if you want to show the rest of the party. You don't see anything else, like, there's nothing worth stealing in yeah, here. It's, it's a teenage cute. boys room, although, like, you know, he's got some nice posters and stuff. There's, like, a, um, what's one of the posters that you see? What's the name of one of the, like, 
uh, whatever the equivalent of fantasy emo rock band yeah. are. <laughs> uh, something like a grunge bucket. Yeah, so, so there, there is like a pretty prominent poster of Grunge Bucket just like up there and like you're a teenage boy, you know that Grunge Bucket are poses, like they don't mean what they sing, <laughs> they're all about the money. Yeah, um, and I just go, ugh. Yeah, they, they charge a lot for tickets compared to a lot of other Grunge bands that you've seen. Um, you actually skipped the last concert because it was just a little bit too much. You didn't, you didn't, you didn't need to be there, it's mostly where poses go. Okay, uh, just checking with you two. Are you guys just hanging out in the kitchen? Flinvar's really curious about these other set of footprints, but he kind of looks at Karen by the door and then pulls his sword out because he's not going anywhere alone. Okay, so you're gonna summon your you're gonna summon your talisman sword. Yep. Okay, cool. And and you're going <laughs> down the stairs. Yes, I will very cautiously follow those. Uh, so I'm also gonna sneak and kind of try and peer like ahead of me to see what's. Okay. And I'm gonna gesture to um, Karen to let her know that I'm going AWOL. Okay, so you go. Down the stairs, you find yourself in a dim, dimly lit, just by like one window that's kind of like up the top corner that's at street level, uh, a wine cellar um, that's down there. And it's actually fairly full, like it looks pretty well stocked. There are mostly wine like in, you know, shelves along the side, um, but there is one barrel that is sitting sort of like in the far corner and it, it's the only barrel. Mm. Karen being left alone in the kind of main area uh, looks very, very nervous, uh, picks at her nails a little bit and then remembers that she shouldn't do that. Uh, peers out through the little uh, window in the door, makes sure there's nobody coming along the street and then hurries down the stairs after Flynnvar because she does not want to be left alone. Okay. <laughs> Don't want to be caught by yourself in the stranger's house. Yes. <laughs> um, so yeah, you, you follow. You actually give Flynn a little fright because yeah, Flynn's like really, you know, really <laughs> quietly <laughs> Entering this wine cellar, and you just barrel down the stairs and like bump into him. Absolutely. Flynn turns around, and, like points his sword at you, and he's like, "Oh, it's just Karen." Oh, yes. sorry, sorry, darling, sorry, darling. Um, but sorry. also, there are no people yeah. in this room either. Okay, that's true. Um, there is, the, there are like you saw the silt footprints, like at least one or two at the top of the stairs leading down. Um, and by the, I think they were pretty faded by that point, but it's definitely, definitely a footprint. Mm -hmm. Um, but they led down to this room, which there are no other exits and no people down there. Can I do an uh, investigation check for any more um, scuff marks and... Yeah, go ahead. Oh, that's terrible. Nine. Uh, there are no other footprints in the room. Yeah. Uh, the, the, the floor is a little uh, damp. So you feel like if there, if there were any more silt on the person's shoes, that the, the, the oh, yeah. dampness would have probably cleared it off. Okay. Uh, so you don't find anything. Uh, back, to, uh, back to Frankie. Um, what else are you doing? Are you leaving the room? Frankie wants to have a look at the cases. Um, and he wants to call an Ido. Like, hey, Ido, come do crime in this room. Why did we leave those two together? Yeah. Ido sneaks into the room like, what the hell? Frankie. <laughs> crime things. And he's looking at the whatever's in the cases here. Okay, so there are six glass cases with little plaques on them. Um, and they appear to be a collection of magical items. Um, and you can kind of tell, because you know, you're an inventor. Mm -hmm. uh, there are a few like little uh, bits and pieces around like where the glass meets the, you know, the stand uh, that you can tell that they look like there are alarm mechanisms attached to these mm -hmm. cases. But the, the, the labels on the six cases are the rabbit's foot of luck, the crystal of healing, the oil of the viper, the dust of sneezing, uh, the conch of replication, and the Ring of Invisibility. Uh, and you actually notice that the Conch of Replication 
does not appear to be closed properly. It looks like it's just, they're all sealed and there's like a little gap or the, the, it's not quite sealed on the back of the contra replication where the door is mm. and as you guys get real close like having a look at these items the contra replication lets out this massive thunderclap blast and you guys get a huge fright and like fall backwards <laughs> and you take a moment to catch your breath would we have heard that downstairs yeah you would have heard the thunder coming from coming from upstairs uh karen jumps and holds on to flimbar's arm for just a moment she goes oh Okay, <clears throat> everything's fine. Well, there's no screams. So. Do you think we should go up and... Nah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, when the sound comes out, Ido jumps back and grabs onto Frankie. And then it's like, oh, sorry. <laughs> Didn't mean to do that. Uh, and, and that is the official art of just everyone jumping and like hugging each other. <laughs> official art of the what chapter. What is Scooby-Doo? <laughs> um, lanky boys. I'm assuming I can see the... the case isn't quite closed yeah yeah so Ido is going to uh reach behind the that case and pull out the conch attempt uh, yeah. to so it's like a it's you guys know what a conch is right it's like a shell um so it's like a spiral shaped shell with a few spikes on it um there is a button on it um that is like in the very top piece so there's like a hole at the bottom where like if you were a hermit crab you would go in um <laughs> and there's a there's a button at the top like the top push the top piece would push in and you notice that it's stuck like a like you know like a playstation button that's got like some Ugh. mountain Ugh, yeah. dew in it or something and it's oh. like gotten gotten stuck in you're playing ticken really hard not the gamer it, juice it, it appears to be uh it appears to have been jammed and and that's why it's making that noise are you gonna keep it or are you gonna put it back i'm gonna try and unstick the button okay roll me a slider handshake that is 18. it's pretty stuck Oh, okay, no, I'm not taking this. It'll be so annoying. Yeah. Frankie <laughs> uh, would like to have a look at that. I'm okay. Like, oh, I'm pretty sure I can fix this. Okay, go ahead. I'd like to imagine Frankie's way of fixing it is just like <laughs> smashing it. Sounds okay. about right. <laughs> that uh, slide of hand you said. Yeah. That's a seven. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You guys have like a little gem, even with your Tinkerer's tools, it appears pretty stuck. And judging by like the fact that you were following this noise, it's the same noise. It feels like it's probably going to go off every five minutes or so. Um, just judging by how often you heard the noise before and that you were following it. Whoever had it couldn't unstick it either. And they were making this noise that you guys were following um, unintentionally. So they just put it back? <laughs> Apparently. <laughs> Is there a window in the office? Yeah, there's, there's a window leading down to the street. Okay, um, I would like to grab the conch and throw it out because it's really loud. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want people to come to the house. Yeah, you, you open the window and you yeet the cartridge replication <laughs> out into the street. Um, you've probably got about another like four and a half minutes or so before it's going to go off again. But like it was really loud when you it was right in your face and it really sucked. Yes. Are you going to do anything else while you're in here? I'm going to have a closer look at all the other things. Hey Frankie, can you, uh, is, uh, can we reach into these safely? Can you just have a look? Uh, crime isn't my forte, but... Uh... I'll have a look at these. It looks like there's some wires and some... Uh... It's funny because crime isn't my forte either. <laughs> okay, yeah, we'll go with that. <laughs> and yet here you both are, doing a crime. Frankie <laughs> uh... <laughs> didn't want to point that out, but... <laughs> <laughs> okay. Did you already roll investigation on these cases? Not on the cases, no, but on the desks. Roll me another one. You get advantage. You're like really up close. I've got my, my goggles on and my... Okay, uh, that is a 
24. Yeah, so you have a really good look. There's like a locking mechanism on the back uh, and it does feel like if you were really, really careful, like if you tried to just break it open, an alarm would go off. Uh, funnily enough, probably not as bad as the alarms that are that, like not as loud or as bad as the actual conch itself, but like there would be some kind of like alert system if it was a go off. But if you're really careful, um, you probably could open these up. Um, or or disarm the alarms um, if you I wanted think to. We could open these up if we wanted to. Sweet, do it, Frankie. <laughs> okay, <laughs> Frankie will do the crime. Which which one should we try first? I think the foot. The foot, lucky rabbit's, the the foot of. As ra uh, rabbit's foot of luck. Rabbit's foot of luck. The lucky foot of rabbit. Lucky foot of <laughs> rabbit. <laughs> rabbit's foot of luck. Okay, I'm gonna try and um. Slip on in. Yeah. Do you have thieves tools? I believe I do. I know you have um, yes, like uh, tinkerers tools. Yes, thieves tools, smiths tools, tinkerer tools, alchemist okay. tools. Tinkerer yeah. tools. So you're gonna you're gonna bust out your thieves tools and you're gonna attempt to open up the case containing the rabbit's oh, foot yeah. of luck. Yeah. Um, as a side that. note, you're pretty sure that these items are, <laughs> are either fake or really low quality. Like you. Okay. So also like. There, uh, below the title, there are little registration, um, like numbers and stuff. And you've kind of heard of this before that like rich people kind of like to, like it's like a, a symbol of wealth and power where people like have these like crazy magic items and like we'll put them like, you know, a, a magic sword up on the mantle and like you wouldn't use it, but like it's there to be like, oh, look at this, look at this fancy magic item I have. And this guy's got like these really nice cases with what you're pretty sure are dud items in them. <laughs> I'm pretty sure these cases are worth more than the items inside. Oh <laughs> well. Uh, yeah, so, okay, roll me a, uh, roll me a sleight of hand check. Oh, actually, I think okay. Thieves Tools has its own check. Yeah, yeah so roll me, a, roll me a check using the, your Thieves Tools proficiency. Uh, that is a 13. You kind of get in there, you reach around, you get underneath, um, and you get to a point where you, I'll, I'll give you the opportunity to change your mind. You feel like if you go any further, like there, there is a little wire that you're pushing on, um, and if you push any further, it's probably going to set off the alarm. Would you like to keep going, or would you want to, you want to give up? I think. Do you? Oh, yes. <laughs> oh, rude, rude. Um, I think at this point, you know, I'm already in. I'm just gonna like grab it and just like yeah. Like, okay. Um, so I'm a, in. a alarm starts to go off. It's not like a wee u wee u. It's more like a um, you know, like the old school, like primary school. It's like a bell. It's like that type <laughs> one, and it starts to go off in the office. Uh, and you're like. You're not too worried because a lot of the guards are dealing with the goose problem right now. And I imagine like the alarm's already going off. You could probably smash and grab the rest of the items. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, just like, uh -oh. Can we can we hear what's going on? Yeah, you guys can hear the alarm going off, yeah. By the time you come into the room, all of the cases are smashed. Yeah. <laughs> We've just made a mess of it. Do you guys hear up now? Uh, we should probably go and see what they're doing. Frankie panics and is just smashing the glass through. <laughs> <laughs> So you guys bust in the room and you can see these guys standing next to like six broken glass cases and just like stuffing stuff into their pockets. Uh, what? We fell. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> okay, good one, Frankie. <laughs> there were five items. Who took what? Because you're going to have to add them to your inventory. The rabbit's foot of luck. Okay. I am taking the ring of invisibility. Okay, do you put it on or do you just put it in your pocket? I'll slip in my pocket for now. Okay, Because cool. I'm not worrying too much. Yeah. Um, There's also the Crystal of Healing, Oil of Viper, and Dust of Sneezing. I will grab the Dust of Sneezing. Yeah. And have a little sneeze. Achoo! <laughs> <laughs> 
and uh, snake oil. I mean, oil of the lipo. And Frankie, do you take the crystal of healing? Yeah. Yeah, cool. Okay. Um... However, Karen is going to say, uh, uh, no. Uh, uh, you have to put those back. This is for science. We are this going to report this to the police because I'm pretty sure police. these are illegal. They, they've got registration numbers. Fight capitalism! Fight capitalism! <laughs> what?! Okay, we need, to, we need to get out of here, or at least go downstairs and finish looking, because this is loud, and someone's gonna come find out why their house is blaring around. Eh, like, there's huge geese, like, everywhere. <laughs> you think they're gonna see some kids in a house and go, oh. Um, okay, yeah, what was downstairs? <laughs> we don't know. So there's footprints that lead to nowhere, so there's somewhere down there that, obviously, they left, because they didn't go past us, right? Yeah, let me let me investigate these footprints. Here well, the, uh, before before you do anything, I'm going to have to ask, and she blocks the doorway. <laughs> I'm going to have to ask that you return the items that you got out of those cases, Frankie. Otherwise, I will have to report you to your superior. I um, walk through the door and just step over Karen. I will, after intense uh, scientific uh, investigation, because these could be dangerous to the public, and it would be irresponsible of us to just leave these lying around. I couldn't agree more, Frankie. That's right. So let's we'll also just, just awkwardly tries to also step over. <laughs> Gangly Frankie, just like, whoa. <laughs> Karen is going to grab both of your uh, uh, shirts because she's not giving up until everything goes back. Okay, here we go. Uh, you guys are going to make strength checks uh, against Karen. Karen, you're going to roll disadvantage because you're doing two at the same time. Okay. Oh, that's the worst. Just, just a strength contest. Are you not doing anything, Flynn? No, I'm just watching Amused because this is... Oh. <laughs> My ears are hurt because of a dumb alarm, but... It's an eight. What did you guys get? Also an eight. I've got an unnatural 20, so... Okay. <laughs> so Ido just like, you grab on the back of the shirt and Ido just drags you along. <laughs> <laughs> you you actually do manage to like really stop Frankie because he's a gangly boy. But Ido's just like, I'm not stopping no. at this. And just like walks, <laughs> carries on just dragging you because you're wearing like smooth footed heels. You've got no grip on the ground. Oh. Her metal shoes betray her. <laughs> Metal shoes. Yeah, it's you like, know, doo, doo, doo. the dwarven. God, that's so good. The sound it would make. So you guys are having a little wrestling match in a house, <laughs> like foot, like with an alarm going off. <laughs> yeah. Uh, what now? Karen's put them back. Put them back. They're not uh, ours. Would, would he? Would Karen have seen what the crystal looks like? It was the last thing that you guys said, so I imagine you would have seen it. It looks like the crystals from Crash Bandicoot, you know, like the tall yeah, purple type yeah. ones. Um, so you probably would have seen it. It's like a small version that was probably, uh, it's probably only like two and in three inches long. So just be like, ah, oh, I will put the crystal back, but it's really just a stone that I found. <laughs> okay, so you do put the, so you do, do you like, so you put the crystal back in the no, case or just throw it on the ground? Just a stone. Just, just, just the stone, just like, ah, oh, here it is, and put it, the stone that I had in my pocket. Oh, I see, yeah. Just like. I've put it back into the case, now let it go. No, well no. done, Frankie. Let's... Deception, insight. <laughs> oh, Frankie's not good at deception. Come on, Frankie. Karen's pretty good at insight. No, she's not. <laughs> that is a 17. That's uh, seven, so. Uh, yeah, you're, you're pretty satisfied. Like, she 
like Frankie put back one thing, mm -hmm. um, and you're you're gonna like be like, okay, I'm counting that as a win. <laughs> but you're gonna do something about these rough boys that you have in your rough uh, boys. You these your, these naughty rough care. boys. Frankie just wants to do it for science, <laughs> not for crime. Unfortunately, he did do it for crime though. <laughs> oh, crime. Just think, Karen, it's an opportunity for training too that on the track about morals. Yes, that's true, and they will be reported uh, oh. to their superiors. Um, they just get sisters. Karen, what's your, what's your alignment? Are you are you lawful good? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, so you guys are hidden downstairs, upstairs. Where are you going to from? Downstairs, I think. Yeah. Okay. Um, so in the cellar. Uh, you have already rolled an investigation check. Which one of you did it already? I did one? not. Okay, so you, if the people who haven't yet rolled one, roll investigation checks for the seller. Uh, you don't get advantage because you're not, um, because you're not, like, looking at something real close up. You're investigating a room. Karen got a 16. Okay. Nice. 14 for free. And 11 for Ado. Okay, yeah, so you two, um, as you're looking around, you notice that the barrel is actually empty. Um, and it's attached to the floor, and as you try and lift it, it tilts, and then actually the bottom of it is a trap door ah. um, that leads down a, there's like a circular hole uh, big enough for all of you, and there is a, a ladder that leads down. It was not built into the building, it is something, it looks like someone has like pickaxed their floor into the ground, um, and it just leads down into like a black hole of nothing. Um, and there actually also is a unpleasant smell wafting up through the hole. Oh. See, told you. Okay, who's scared? I mean, it smells pretty gross, but... I'm scared of the consequences of you two keeping those items. What items? Well, as far as you know, I've put the item back. You put one back? There were five cases. There were six cases. There were six <laughs> cases. I, I might have only had just the one item, you don't know. We will never know. Frankie, you're terrible lying. Ida first. Yes, she is. Yes, she is. There were five cases. There were six cases. Sure were. He also really likes crime. But Frankie, did not I swear to God. do crime while I was there. And I if I find no. out that you've taken anything that doesn't belong to you, I'll be telling your parents. Yep, okay, yep. That sounds fine that with sounds, me. That sounds fair. And reasonable, but lucky he didn't take anything, even though he does kind of Inside. like that, but I don't think he did. Inside. I just check my pockets to make sure they're zipped up. Eight, that's an eight. That's, that's a six. Um, <laughs> deception. <laughs> Karen's got it bad, but Frankie's got it worse. You, you're pretty sure that you're oh. being lied to, but with all the other shit going on right now, the, 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 the multiplying geese and the <laughs> alarms going off and then the conch goes off outside again, there's a lot going on and you kind of feel like this is probably a... a well, I mean, you can decide your own priorities, but... You, this guy has gotten ahead of you, like the time you've taken to investigate this house, you know, it was a couple of minutes. Uh, so this guy's probably gotten a little ahead of you. I'm gonna um, go over to Karen and just let her know, I'm like, Karen, I, uh, I did take some things, I'll be honest. However, they're gonna be useful. For what? For catching this criminal. Frank's like, for crime. <laughs> That's true. And someone's gonna start going down the ladder. Okay, you're gonna start climbing down? Yeah. Okay. All right, well, I suppose we'll just have to revisit this later. We will have a meeting about it. And uh, if need be, I will uh, just rope in your parents, uh, your relatives and your supervisors because I'm not pleased with your behavior today. Just you wait, Karen. 
She's going to shoot Ida for a really weird look and climb down the stairs. Sorry, that was meant to be a nice thing. <laughs> and the group fraction. Uh, so who's, who's currently climbing down the ladder? You I, are? I, mean, I went first. Uh, Karen went second. Okay, uh, and then out of you two, who goes third, who goes last? I'll go last. Okay. Frankie goes third. Okay, do you make sure to close the door past you or do you leave it open? I close it, because I've got dark vision, so I don't give it. I don't care. <laughs> uh, who does have dark vision? Me. I do not. Okay. I do not, but I can make things light. Yeah, you've got you've got um, the ability to, to put light on stuff, mm -hmm. don't you? I have a okay. torch in my, in my bag. Oh, yeah, but. okay. Uh, so you guys are climbing down the ladder, mm -hmm. and the smell is getting worse. Oh. And you're climbing down, oh, and it's dark, no. and the only things that you can hear are like each other on the rungs, and the smell is getting worse and worse and worse. And Flynn, you hit the bottom of the ladder, and you are in a dimly lit, like dripping, disgusting, oh. like a little intersection in the sewers underneath the city. And you, you're almost choking and everyone else sort of like hits the bottom of the ladder. Um, I want everybody to roll <laughs> constitution saving throws, please. Karen got a 21. Oh, I got a 21. Oh, 24. Oh, okay, well I got an 18. I thought that was pretty good. <laughs> Ida, you totally blow chunks. Alright, I believe they are gone now. It is I, the freedom fighter, that hates capitalism. You should definitely shop local and don't give anything to corporations because then you'll be a slave. Thank you for listening to the show.